On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Platforms. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranla, called butt of a gun put into the back of your skull, that's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast. I can't see James McCarthy returning on the back of possibly winning player of the year. The year that Stephen Cluxton has had, I don't think I'll see him stepping away. Nick staying on in another year will be massive. A lot of those lads have things going on outside of football that might impact their decision to stay on or not. Dublin are All-Ireland champions once again after outlasting Kerry in a gripping final in Croke Park yesterday. That victory means that the Dublin trio of Stephen and James McCarthy and Michael Fitzsimons are now out on their own with a record nine All-Ireland medals. Welcome to the Throw-In Football Show. Will Slattery here with you and I'm delighted to be joined by Philly McMahon and Dick Clerken for our All-Ireland final review. And Philly, I might go to you first. Obviously, Dublin getting a very memorable victory in Crow Park yesterday. And very interesting to hear the players, James McCarthy, Brian Fenton, and a few others afterwards saying that this is, is up there with arguably their sweetest ever win. And considering the success they've had, that, that's some statement. How would you kind of sum up what this group achieved yesterday? And where would it rank for you in terms of the success Dublin have had over the last period? Well, I think for those lads, obviously, having a drought of two years after winning so much, uh, after having six in a row, probably... I suppose, in a way, drops the weight off the shoulders a little bit and the question mark over, will they ever get back to that pinnacle of winning an All-Ireland? And obviously the talk around this Kerry team being so strong and potentially being the team that will kick on uh, to win more All-Irelands. Uh, so those lads, particularly the three lads, James, uh, Nick Fitzsimons and Cluxton, you know, nobody knows what their future is going to be. Are they going to stay on? Are they going to try to go for that 10th All-Ireland. Um, you know, I was saying yesterday, I a couple of interviews yesterday and I was saying, you know, it's an incredible thing to have nine All-Irelands. And I was saying to myself, geez, nobody will ever do that again, you know, but there's actually, I, I didn't realise then until after, like I was saying to myself, there's a couple of lads with eight All-Irelands now that are still playing and they could possibly win nine next year or the year after if they if they have a couple of seasons left of the book. Uh, I just think it was a special thing for those because at the stage of the career they're in, um, you know, their age profile, not having won it in two years. And uh, and ultimately, you know, when you look at Dublin over the last, let's say, uh, maybe 15 years, they haven't lost an All-Ireland final, which is a special thing to say, you know. Hmm. Yeah, I think 1994 was the last time they lost an All-Ireland final, so you're going back almost 30 years. Dick, for you, as you assess it kind of the morning after, uh, why did Dublin win that game, do you think? 
Yeah, that's 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 the question. I think if you look at the game as a whole, like there were so many turning points and clutch plays, but my gut feeling watching it and and looking back on it, I just think Dublin played just at a smidgen more pace and intensity than Kerry, even though you know, to say that Kerry didn't play with intensity wouldn't be wouldn't be fair. I just think Dublin had a wee bit more. Just those few instances that they broke Kerry down, turned them over, and you can just see the Dublin players that just went full pace, you know, playing on instinct. You know, they weren't, whereas at times I think Kerry played a wee bit too conservatively. They were almost, I wouldn't say overcoached, that would be unfair, but the the, the I, I certainly don't recall too many times that when, when Kerry turned Dublin over that just maybe seven or eight Kerry players just head down, put the burners on. You know, you weren't worrying about lateral passes or setting up plays or just playing on instinct. And I just think Dublin done that more often than Kerry. And that just set them apart. And, and more of the game was then played in Kerry's half. And, and Kerry had to defend, and they defended heroically at times to to keep Dublin out. But they just couldn't do it enough. Like, and there wasn't enough play in around the the Dublin D area for the likes of Clifford and these boys to get on. He had to feed feed on scraps. I just think they just played at a wee bit of a higher tempo and higher pace over the balance, and that just sort of tipped the scales in their favour come the end. Yeah, I think both defences. I think it was forty one turnovers combined yeah, between the two crazy. teams, which is you know a, a huge amount. Philly, from your perspective, you know, what are some of the things that you thought Dublin got really right in terms of, you know, getting over the line at the end? Well, I think uh, I agree with Dick there. I think the um, the intensity was was one of the key attributes of the game. And I think maybe Kerry got it wrong in terms of banking on Shane Ryan being, you know, giving them the numerical advantage and, and having an overlap. And because what it did was it slowed their transition down like they weren't getting the ball up as quick um, Dublin were getting then back and then obviously Clifford was being starved so although the other lads stepped up like Cardi Clifford uh, Geedy O'Shea um, you know their main man needed a bit of space and needed that ball quickly so I think having that probably intention going out that they were going to try and maintain the ball and a little bit kind of a little bit of you know, what Derry done to them uh, coming out of goal. So uh, I think that was one of the areas that they, they, they got probably wrong. Now, did they did they really do? Was that something that they went out to do? I think so, but they could have, they could have just, they fell into the trap with the dub, slowing them down as well, like, you know. Um, I think the crucial part for me was, you know, when you see a double carry game, you talk about, you know, you always talk about how flamboyant and how offensive the game is going to be and, and the game was won yesterday based off based off defence um, like the Dublin the Dublin kind of tackling specifically when it got into the their own 45 year line was incredible it's the best I've seen the swarms the double ups uh, you can see they've done the whole massively like you can see that they kept Steve O'Brien quiet left that normal run that he makes you can see that as soon as Cliff gets the ball, he's doubled up. There's, you know, he, he was hesitant. Let's be honest, he was hesitant to take the fits on. You know, at times, and, and that first half display defensively had a huge impact in uh, Clifford taking on the shots that he did towards the end of the game. The four, three or four shots he missed towards the end of the game which were crucial because he would have felt not really playing well. But I get a couple of these scores, 
And the thing, and this, all of a sudden, my performance changes, and he would have felt probably the pressure of taking that all. It's all the try, drive, carry on the last four. Like so, for me, they were two key elements. Um, but little things like I think, I, you know, the game flowed. I think Dublin will be disappointed with how the, how well they retained the ball when they kicked it in the first half. Um, the runs were quite straight, linear, and I do think their little things they could have improved on. And, and maybe the goal chance, maybe Davy Bourne got the wrong side of Davy. But that, that game should could have been a more, it could have been a four or five point win if that if, if they won if they got those things right. But look, Dublin Kerry, they're always gonna have when they play each other, you're always gonna for everything you say, there's always a counter argument to it in terms of what way the game's gonna end up or what way it possibly, you know, uh, the performance could possibly be in terms of the, the teams. Dick, what's your perspective on the David Clifford element that Philly touched on there? Obviously, you know, beforehand, it would, would have been said, if David Clifford doesn't play well, there's a good chance Kerry won't win. He didn't play well and they didn't win. It's probably, that's too simple of a kind of a, of a straight line to draw, but he only kicked two from play, as Philly mentioned. Kicked, I think, four wides in the closing stages as well. Very uncharacteristic. Like, it, is there a reason for that performance, you think? Is, is it the Michael Fitzsimons factor? Is it one of those days? Because it's hard to think that the pressure of an occasion got to him given how good he was in the final last year getting man of the match and in the semi-final against Derry and in a host of big games so what, what, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah no, I think it's a combination of those things well he was very well marked there's, there's no point in, and the biggest single actor was Fitzsimons I was watching him sort of off camera a lot of the time and, and Philly you'd have probably seen this and, and would have appreciate this from a defensive like he was not just touch tight but he was constantly given that we push and nudge on on Clifford like and, and and that for a forward is is there's nothing worse like Vinnie Corey for us used to be excellent at that he would just completely sacrifice his game and you know just constantly that we push just letting letting the forward know he's there not letting him get his run and that is a name and that was probably just constantly frustrating Clifford that he just couldn't get space because Fitzsimons was just just so committed to the task and that that might seem simplistic and say oh sure every defender every defender doesn't do that do you know what I mean a lot of defenders give that yard and they think they have them and next thing the turn and get it over the bar like Fitzsimons would have known and says I just cannot give this man an inch literally not an inch and he just wouldn't he wouldn't. He wouldn't give him that for the whole game, and to have that discipline for seventy plus plus minutes, it takes a phenomenal mental effort on Fitzsimons' part. So he was the major contributing factor to Clifford's below par performance. And and we have to be fair to David Clifford as well. Like he scored two points. You, you could you give him three because he was fouled for the Sean O'Shea O'Shea's free. He, he he when he was bearing down on goal. So that's three direct points. He set up he set up another two points and he set up the goal. So th- his problem is he's judged by such a high standard. Like any other forward uh, contributed that on the uh, on the scoreboard. He he gets a, a sort of a seven or an eight out of ten. The problem with is with with David is you expect him to to do so much more. And that ultimately was Kerry's downfall. The ex- expected and needed him to do far more than he was able to do yesterday. And that's probably will be Jack O'Connor's frustration that, you know, they weren't either able to get him into the game when when because there was an awful lot of game had been played and 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 Clifford wasn't on the ball. Like I, I would have felt that something should have happened. Somebody should have come, come in from the line and said, well we have to get him onto the ball. We have to we have to get the ball in his area of the pitch more often than it is. Like they didn't even throw in a few speculative kicks. Like even if you remember back to the All Iron Fine last year, he was actually quite slow to start against Galway and, and wasn't on the ball for an awful lot of the game. Next thing they just 
somebody flew in a, a high centre and up he claimed it and got the mark and that actually just sort of kick-started his game because he, he went on to, to to sort of run the show in that game that never really happened yesterday everything seemed to always just seemed to be looking for the perfect pass and they did get a few balls in but a lot of them were out in the wings and asking an awful lot of them by contrast you look at Dublin look at Dublin's first point you know, we talked about we'll talk about Stephen Cluck in the minute he kicked his forty-five. But Dublin's first point just came from a long centre in on top of Conor Callaghan with Tag Morley, and Tag Morley had to just put the hand in to slap it away, and they got a forty-five. And next thing, Stephen Cluxton hit the forty-five from the from from the resulting place ball. Kerry didn't do enough of that. Do you know what I mean? They always tried to look for the perfect pass. It, as I say, it almost looked too overcoached in terms of their set plays and how they were trying to go through the lanes as opposed to a few times that even when they got the goal if you remember when they got the goal and and for the short period you could feel the energy lifting um, and you could feel the momentum with them they actually had the ball from the next play there was only going to be time for one play and I felt just kick it in just the momentum's with you here boys just Clifford's got a lift from that uh, uh, pass Ganey's on fire just get the ball back into them and what did they do they slowed the play down they ran the clock and, and Goff blew it when there was nothing to be lost by just getting that ball in I think that just sort of told the story for Kerry over the full course of the game. They were just a little bit too um, slow and conservative with their attack and play and, and Clifford ultimately felt the, the, the bore of that because a lot of the possession he got, it was just far too claustrophobic and far too um, far too tightly marked. But that was that was largely to do with the, the slow play getting up to him and, and there's only so much a man can do and, and the greasy ball doesn't help. Like that was just ideal for Mick Fitzsimons and the Dublin players because they don't have to work just as hard um, with a greasy ball and it just makes their job a wee bit easier. So I, I feel sorry for him. I, I, I struggled watching I, I, the, those ways he was hitting them. I, I, I tipped Dublin to win but I, I wanted David Clifford to put on a show even if, if that wasn't enough to get Kerry because he, he deserved that. He didn't deserve that but that's just the, 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 the reality of sport. It is cruel at times. And funny enough, like he, he got a first ball and kicked a lovely point. It looks like right. his eye was in you know, from early on but he didn't, as you said, he didn't touch the ball I think in any capacity for another 15 20 minutes which is a you know a very long period of time in an all Ireland final um Philly Dick mentioned Stephen Cluxon there you know like what a performance like you know 100% in the kickouts kicked two really really good frees conceded his first goal in a couple of years but you know I don't think you people would fault him for that one but this brought an air of calmness and some of those kickouts weren't easy as well Brian Howard was fantastic you know making runs even Keen Murphy off the bench played on made a couple of crucial runs you know how important was Cluxon you know, kind of performance yesterday and how, and how Dublin did? The first thing I'd say is that when you have someone like him and the wealth of experience he has, you know, as soon as you walk into Crow Park and you walk into the change room, you look around and you see a fellow like him, you're, you're, you're definitely brought down a level in terms of, you know, feeling like Ali is having a leader there like that. Defensively then, you know, you know if you're a Mick Fitz or Davy Bourne or Morton, Having that fella behind you, like, is, you know, as much as, you know, Evan is a brilliant goalkeeper and so is Dave O'Halloran, you know, Stephen brings a different level of that because of his years of experience that, unfortunately, the two boys don't have. But, you know, I haven't seen him kick at 45 in three years. And for him to get up and just kick the first score, and he is, and then kick the second one. And I think, in a way, you know, we spoke about Cardi's momentum, trying to trying to keep the ball, possession game, uh, through specifically the first half. I think that was a, I think that was a plot by probably the Dublin team to slow it down a little bit, to get the clubs to come up, and also then to get structure on the opposition's kick out. You know, 
to go after Shane Ryan's kickout. Because Shane Ryan was brilliant yesterday, by the way. And also his kickouts are excellent. So any little kind of edge you can get to to go after um to go after Kerry is very important. And I'm sure there was a lot of people watching him going, Will you just tell that fella to stay in goal? We've nightmares at twenty eleven of him going up kicking forty fives and kicking freeze. So uh, but look, yeah, he's been awesome and you just can't, you know, uh, underestimate himself, Jack, and Paul coming back in. You know, I, I kind of thought it was big them coming back in, but I didn't think it was that big. And it's only when you, you know, before the game yesterday, you're looking at both squads and you're going, right, now I know why it's big because Dublin have now got a much stronger squad than Kerry. Yeah, Dick, and uh, it, it- Obviously, when they, the three guys were coming back in, it was always going to be a factor. But just watching the final yesterday, like four points in favour for Paul Mannion, plus a very tricky free that was crucial. Jack McCaffrey, I think one of three that was scored. He had a very nice assist for Paddy Smallpoint, and I mentioned Cluxon there. Like they, they were the difference makers ultimately in many ways. Ah, uh, you know, whatever, but not winning yesterday's game without them probably weren't getting an All Ireland final. If we're being honest, Su- such was the the combined impact of of the three players. Like they, and we've said said it before here, like Dublin have just been steadily improving and it's probably taken Paul Mannion, you know, game after game to, to get up to match pace and he just sort of hit his hit his peak yesterday and what we hit it, what what a way to time a run. You know, Jack McCaffrey had sort of I think he you know he'd, he'd sort of come in and out with injuries and 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 it probably it, it it took a while for maybe Desi and them to realise well this man just probably doesn't have the legs for 70 minutes and let's just have him as a massive impact sub and just settle on that and and and, and what an impact sub he make like I've, I've always said if you're coming off the bench you have to have a positive impact there's no point in just coming on and throwing the ball around and sort of getting touches and creating nothing you know go forward ball break the line set up a score and that's what Jack does you know and he only has to do it once or twice but that's 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 that's, that's a positive impact and that's what he delivers and again you know you just add them all up. Did you say Mannion's, Jacks, Stephen? So there's at least six, seven, eight points you could credit to those three players alone yesterday. So whatever, but winning yesterday, um, as I say, they were they were, they were massive. And then, as as Philly said, you know, for the likes of of those players coming back in, what does that do for the other players? Let alone their own personal contribution, it lifts that confidence level, it lifts that belief. So everything lifts 15 percent by bringing them back in. So without question, like they were not winning yesterday without them. Um, it was a master stroke by by Desi Farrell and whoever else was involved. And I'd say it was a collective effort between senior players, friends, maybe club people. Because I'm sure there's a few difficult conversations and difficult in in, in, in for, for what I mean. When you make that decision to step away, there's a lot of good reasons for that. So to come back from that, you know, you have to sort of look back on those. So so huge credit has to go to to everyone involved there because listen, that's ultimately the reason. And this is not to, you know, to 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 dumb down the, the effort of all the rest of the Dublin players who have been phenomenal. But there's no question their impact was 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 more than significant yesterday. Pat Gilroy is the water boy as well. Very overqualified for that role for sure. Another person that they, yeah. they called upon to, to get back into the fold. Philly, <laughs> from a carry perspective, like how big a body blow is this defeat? Obviously, they beat Dublin last year. That was their first win over them since 2009. It looked like they maybe kind of ended the Dublin era uh, of dominance potentially. And now Dublin go back and kind of get one against the head. And now, you know, Jack O'Connor still hasn't won back-to-back All-Ireland. There's question marks now. David Clipper had a poor performance. Like... How will they be feeling now? Does it kind of knock their project off track a little bit? I think so. I think the, there was a there was a lot of talk before the the uh, the final about Kerry beating Dublin last year in the semi final, and the monkey was off their back. But the real question 
you know, that needed to be answered was, could they beat them in the final? You know, and then add on top of that, can they do it back to back? Um, one of the big question marks I had over the Kerry team this year was doing back to back, you know, and obviously there's a lot more detail that goes in around doing back to back or why they wouldn't do it. But for me, I just couldn't get over that barrier of I can't see this team doing back to back. And I haven't seen a team do it in a good while, like, you know, um, obviously we've done it, but like before us, it's been a good while. So for me, um, I think what they'll look to do and look to ho- hope to happen for Dublin is that Jack uh, Mannion probably will be in the second phase of players that might retire in maybe a year or two. But then you have Dean, James, uh, Stephen, and possibly Mick Fitz as well. Like, you know, so the question mark is over their, their journey. When, when's that going to end? And then how strong is the squad, the Dublin squad? Will the Dublin management team be there? Will that change? You know, at what stage will there need to be, uh, you know, new players coming in to f- fill the shoes of those lads? So um, that's probably why there was a big kind of uh, energy around this carry team because of that. But obviously that has changed since those three lads came back and the squad has got stronger. And now, you know, there is a question mark over, will these lads step aside? But I don't think that, I, I would imagine they'll probably be there for next year in any way. Possibly Dean might step aside, but, you know, who knows? Uh, but this Kerry team, I think, and the Dublin team will be, without disrespect in any other county in the country, will be competing for all Ireland's in the next four or five years. Hmm. I was going to ask you that, Philly. So, like, if I had to make you predict come Championship 24 when the first ball is thrown in in the Dublin game, of Stephen Cluxton, McCarthy, Fitzsimons, Manu McCaffrey, Dean Rock, those six guys, how many of those guys do you think are still involved in Dublin come championship next year? Every single one of them, I think. I think the only one that I would... See, everybody thinks that you should retire based on your age and there's merit to that, but for me, it's about minutes as well. So what minutes did you get at the age that you're at? You know, Um, and I think all of those lads are playing, you know... I can't see James McCarthy retiring on the back of possibly winning player of the year. The game that the, the year that Stephen Cluxton's have has had, I don't think I see him stepping away. Mannion and, and, and uh McCaffrey are still quite young, so they I don't even put them in that bracket. And uh, I think Dean was limited in his time this year, so he's a he's a possibility. But McFitz, um again, he goes out and he plays an all Ireland final against Clifford and Clifford runs a muck like he normally does then you're probably saying maybe that's it for McFitz but I don't see it and I still see him marking the best player in the country and doing a good job so I still see him there next year and I don't see enough defenders coming through the squad or through the underages just yet and as a full back you know you need time to, to you know to find your trade and to understand how to mark and at that top level so you need a good year. Derry Newcomb was a good was a good find this year for the Dublin team, but still inexperienced. So he needed another year under his belt. So Mick staying on another year would be massive. But let's let's not you know completely dismiss that. They're just on the on on the football side of things. A lot of those lads have things going on outside of football that might impact their decision to stay on or not. Great stuff, Philly. Thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Cheers, guys. Thank you. So, Dick, a big talking point uh, was David Goff, the referee, and his performance. You know, one of those funny ones where I think fans of both teams were kind of giving out a little bit after the game. Some controversial decisions, but he set the tone kind of early that he was going to allow a lot of physicality 
it's what oftentimes we're kind of crying out for it in some ways. And then we get it and people are kind of criticizing. What, what was your view on how he refereed the match? Yeah, they, listen, he, he, it added to the spectacle. He, he, he sort of let it be known early on that he was going to let a lot go. Um, it was obvious that both teams were going to play a very sort of intense physical game. And as Goff sort of left, let play go, let turnovers happen, wasn't given soft frees. Your know, players respond to that and they pick up the, the, the tone of what the referee is going to allow. And it, it it made it very intense even to watch. God knows what it must have been like to to play. Like it was probably I've never seen as intense a game, you know, the, the turnover count, the physicality, and for them to keep that pace for for like uh, we were chat at one stage, or oh, this will drop, it'll open up, and then the likes of Clifford and that will take off. That never really happened. You know, that intensity never really dipped. The turnovers kept going to, to the last minute and the hits and, and the ferocity of the challenges. And, and Goff let that go. And he has to a lot of credit for that because referees have to make a call. And yes, you might say, oh, we'll play it by the book. Like if he was refereeing that game by the book, he'd have been whistling all day because there was so much close contact. Nobody wants that. So he he, he sort of took into account the, 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 the spectacle, the day it was in it and the conditions and, and refereed it accordingly. Now, then what happens that you'll have some challenging, challenges will go too far the other side. Like there's no point in saying otherwise, James McCarthy, I thought was very, very fortunate to, to stay on the pitch for the like he, he definitely had you know two clear cut yellow card uh, challenges which were borderline dangerously high um but that's the way he plays and he sort of he he, he got away with it let's call a spade a spade and uh, there was other challenges out there that you know Tag Morley came in very strong if you remember um you know for a low ball which which was dangerous but it, it was good to see that no player got sent off either because i think the play the game by and large was played in a very good spirit and it's what it's, it's how we sort of want our games played more often and i think possibly referees need to have a look at this as well and sort of say you know okay let, let, let's let's allow games be more refereed more like this from the start the hurling game. it was refereed it was refereed well, like a hurling game it was and, and there's nothing wrong with that do you know what i mean but but yet some of the stuff was a wee bit over there but I, I deal with those exceptions as opposed to having to dilute everything and make it then that there's there's no contact and players are afraid to to go in because that's how i felt the game was going and i started finishing up playing that you're afraid to go in and tackle because you were going to give away a free and um, whereas actually yesterday Goff allowed boys go in, allowed put in strong challenges around the square, you know, commit um, and give them the benefit of the doubt. And it contributed to great spectacles. So I think he, he he definitely has to give. I'm not even good. There's, there's, no matter if you have a, a referee can't have a perfect game, there will always be calls that just sort of, you know, argue the toss in real time. I think he done an excellent job and he deserves huge credit. Yeah, I thought Andy McGinley put it kind of interestingly from a Dublin perspective in the Sunday game last night when he said like it's about finding the line mm-hmm. that the referee will yeah. allow and operating just on the sure. edge of that and as you sure. mentioned there was certainly challenges that on another day like that early uh, kind of tackle on Sean O'Shea from Jason McCarthy yeah. looked at Stonewall yellow but yeah. Goff gave him a warning and yeah. it meant he had the latitude then when they committed that foul in the second half to just pick up the first yellow so yeah. that could have been a potential, very significant potentially one thing I asked Philly before uh, he, he left about kind of Kerry and, and what this defeat does to them you know, what, what's your view on that? I, I do feel like it was really built up for, you know, Jack O'Connor going back to back and kind of ending the era for Dublin and kind of a lot of people are drawing the parallels in, in the 80s when Kerry came back under Mick O'Dwyer uh, and won a couple more All-Irelands when it looked like they were on maybe the downward slide. Like, what will Kerry be feeling now going into 2024? Yeah, I, th- I think you probably have to look at Kerry at this stage, not just over one game or one year, go back to sort of when, when Clifford came on the scene in 2019 and these, this, this new breed of players came through. So if you take, you know, losing against Dublin in 19, the the defeat against Cork, 
their defeat against Tyrone and the games that, you know, that they should have been winning, but they fell short. They probably need to reflect and say, right, there's a few gaps in our panel here. There's a few gaps in our team to be the team that maybe people think they are or they should be. You know, they cannot, like, especially in the modern game, like no one player can carry them over line game after game. David Clifford cannot be expected. It's unfair to be for, for, for at this stage, a, a county the size and the depth of, of talent and carry not have enough backup support. Like they, they are weak. They were weak off the off the bench again. Like they, they haven't replaced David Moore. There's no point in saying otherwise. They got they got blown out of it in the middle of the field. The boys worked hard, but they didn't have any sort of impact uh, or presence that like James McCarthy, Fenton and Howard had yesterday. So they need to find find a midfielder. They need to find another probably, you know, corner forward of threatening pace and 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 sort of a, a go-to guy if Clifford's wrapped up because he can't be expected to do everything. They're still a very young team. That's the only thing in their favour. Like if you look at the the average age of the of the of the boys out there yesterday, probably in around 25, 26, that's really good. Like we're talking about Dublin players playing on to the 34, 35, 36. So there's no reason this group of Kerry players won't be around for the next five, six years. But they need need to sort of sort of realise now is right. You know, they they will be favourites for next year because they will get the bounce that Dublin had in terms of psychological hunger. They won't be coming back, giving themselves a sort of a soft start back into twenty twenty four. They'll have that hunger and they'll want to sort of right the wrong of this year. They'll feel in the same way as that benefit at Dublin. But if they're coming back with the same panel, with the same gaps, a weak bench, question marks over midfield, and two dependent on, well, the same thing is likely happened to again. They could get over the line with an all iron, but easily they could lose a game that they probably feel that they should have won, like has happened over the last three or four years. So they need to sort of maybe take the winter and say, right, how can we build in a few new players to sort of, you know, build a, build a, to de risk them? Because that's the problem. They're going into games with, with a wee bit too much risk hanging over them and too much depending on one player. Do you agree with Philly McMahon that, you know, all of those Dublin you know, veterans or guys returned who'd returned this year who maybe not are quite as old but have been away for a while? Do you, do you expect them all to be back as well, like Philly thinks? No, I don't I don't expect them all to be back. Um you named six of them, I would say there could be three of them. Now, which three <laughs> you could man to to guess, you know, uh, there there just seemed to be a, a sense of finality around a few of them yesterday in their post match comments and even I touched on it in my column today. There was a you, you could see uh, Mike Fitzsame as Dean Rock and James McCarthy stayed out onto the pitch in the middle after. Like, why did they do that? Like, why, like there's a reason they've done that. Mm. They, they probably know there's a chance they mightn't be back out. So if if again, so if if that is the case, well, savor the moment because it might never be be there again. But listen, when you get into the winter, and I remember the year I decided to retire, you're, you're sort of deciding you retire one minute, you're back in the next, and it, it, it's it's not a clean decision. So I think, listen, they'll reflect, but there's six of them there. It's probably more personal reasons, more so than their, their impact on the pitch, because as we said last week, and, and, and Philly touched on, like Fitzsimmons an all-star, Clucks an all-star, McCarthy an all-star, um, McCaffrey, look at the impact he had, Malianos. It's not the form to be retiring on, and, and if it is... They'll be leaving in the knowledge that that is a massive hole is going to be taken out of Dublin. So it, it's a difficult position for them because I'm sure there's loads of reasons that they'd love to walk away. Like what better way on a personal level to step away at the very top? No regrets, nothing to sort of walk away thinking if buts and maybe is just the best. But at the same time, if those half of 
those players don't come back next year, Dublin drop right back down. Let's be honest, because of the impact that they make. So there's a that sense of duty that they will feel as well to stay there to keep them up there. So it's a really tough one for them. But listen, first world problems at the same time, you know. <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned the, the kind of the three lads out in the pitch laid on. I also noticed that Stephen Cluxon was kind of separate to the group when they went down to the hills like he was kind of applauding the whole crowd as he went around okay. and you could say was he savoring the moment or was he done that, he's done that before though <laughs> so, oh, yeah yeah we've all yeah. given up trying to, to second guess yeah. what, what he, he will do but, uh, but i don't yeah. think it would be a straight it'll be even for clocks it'll be unusual to kind of parachute back in and in the league just play to, to the rents of the summer and then step away again, having been away for two years. Like that, would, that kind of would seem, even for Stephen Cluxon, who is hard to kind of get a, hand, a handle on, that would seem to be kind of a strange way of just coming back in for a very short time, albeit winning an All-Ireland and potentially an All-Star and then departing again. It, it would. And then there's an argument that it is typical of Stephen Cluxon yeah. in that it goes against everything that what we might think in the manner in that he, he left in the first place and and the, the sort of mystique around that and then come back so as I say I've, I've given up trying to second guess he, he will do what he decides and what is right and invariably what's right for him in Dublin football so if he turns up next year Hey, you'd be a good one to to to, to predict that, you know. But I, th- I think for some of the other players now, because outfield is a different game. Like there's a huge commitment physically to get yourself up and perform at that level. It's 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 there's a bigger demand in those players, um, to to to, to get the fitness levels up, and as I say, with joints and knees and hips and different things that sort of build up over time. You don't know what these guys are going through. I'm sure they have stuff that they're managing, and that does does sort of take its take its toll after a while. So. Um, I see what the winter brings, but uh, as I say, if, if they do go, like what a stage to what a stage to leave on. Yeah, but the prospect of potentially winning a tenth All Ireland and kind of Oof. getting that perfect kind of number this- could potentially be like, and, and then you're talking about matching Henry Shefflin and trying to go for the all time, you know, men, men's record. But you know, I suppose that's that'll be for later in the winter when yeah. those decisions are made. Just before we wrap up, I'm gonna let you go, Dick. Footballer of the year is an interesting conversation. Like David Clifford probably had it almost sewn up before the final, but after an off colour outing. You know he might not uh, potentially get that back-to-back football of the year award. Who would you give it to? Yeah, no, I, I think there's a wee bit of what they would call recency bias in people's heads at the minute after yesterday's game. I think you know, giving it to James McCarthy, phenomenal what he has done is is a bit of a stretch. Like he, he didn't have a good game yesterday. He 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 had a, a big impact and a presence, but in terms of the 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 you know scores, creations, he turned over a few times. He he certainly didn't do enough yesterday for him to win it. So, you know, I, th- I think people maybe will reflect and look at Clifford's performance yesterday. So yes, it wasn't a, an, an 8, 9, 10 out of 10, but he certainly didn't have a, a, a bad game. Like, he wasn't like a lot of forwards that sort of drew a blank and were pulled off. Um, and I think he, he sort of deserves a wee bit of the benefit of the doubt in that as well. So I think people will reflect and look back and say, you know, you can't just switch it around on the basis of yesterday's game because not only was Clifford not as bad as everybody probably making it out to be when they reflect back on this game and his actual contribution as opposed to miss James McCarthy didn't do enough to win it. Like I, I think that would be and 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 McCarthy equally wasn't particularly standout against Mona and like he's been very good. That's not mistake and he will deserve to get an All Star. But to get uh, a footballer of the year, I think it would be a bit of a bit of a stretch, if I'm being honest. Um, and again, that's not to, to diminish McCarthy's role at in any way, shape, or form. But if you're if you're basing footballer of the year 
by your contribution on the pitch, not your leadership, not what you do for other players, not your role as a captain. That's I don't think that's what factors into to the footballer of the year. It's your contribution on the on the field of play. I think that there has to be only one winner, and I think maybe in the passing of time, people will sort of reflect on that. Well, I'd like to thank Dick and Philly for joining us today, and for all our other contributors who join us throughout the throw-in season. That's all we have time for. We will be back next year with another championship season. But for the moment, I'd like to thank all the guests this year. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or listen on independent.ie. So until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye. This is an Irish independent podcast.